Hello everyone and welcome to the Edward White Audio Thoughts. In today's episode I'm speaking to a woman called Kat Hill. She's an NLP coach, an osteopath and also a yoga teacher. In today's episode we talk about the limited beliefs of the mindset, how you can earn more money as an entrepreneur, how you can stop the limiting beliefs from our childhood and other aspects. It's a really insightful episode and essentially just a coaching session for me so enjoy this episode. Again, if you have any comments, leave them down below and I will get them answered for you. Enjoy the episode. Hello everyone, welcome to the Edward White Audio Thoughts. Today I'm joined by Kat Hill and we are going to be talking about all things coaching and various different things. Uh, Firstly, can you just tell me what NLP stands for? So NLP stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. Um, And if I break that down for you... It's, um, it's kind of all about the words that we use day to day, um, even how we speak to ourselves. And um, the words that we use, um, you know, are quite surprising. And that we use them because they're programmed into us from an early age. So it's kind of about recognizing that the words that you use every day and breaking them down. Um, so where did NLP start? Um, well, there's a lot of different sort of ideas about it. It's been going on for a little while. They used to use it in business first. Mm-hmm. Actually, a lot of the people in business used to use it to get what they want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, because by understanding how different people work, you can use the words that resonate with them more and are more likely to get like a positive response. Um, but there is like a big psychology behind them. Like if you delve into coaching and NLP, it's all about like beliefs that we've adopted as um, children. So you could maybe go back to um, cognitive psychology, developmental psychology within children. And it's probably that that would be the stem of it. Mm. Um, so what do you think is like the most common belief system that people have? What would you, if, in, from your like perspective, what have you noticed is the most like common belief system that people have got? I mean, um, the two things most of most things, if not everything comes down to is this <clears throat> underlying feeling of one, I'm not enough or I'm not loved. Mm. I'm unloved. Like if you really come down to the crux of it all, it's that feeling of either not feeling loved or not feeling enough. And I think in today's society, with how we live as well, we used to always live in communities and tribes. We've lost our connection with who we are. And also that family support base, that network. Mm. And, um, you know, we've kind of lost that feeling of belonging, being enough. And um, perhaps because of that connection, not feeling quite loved enough. Mm. Um, h- how do you think that is... How, how do you think that's portrayed in people's life, that, that unloved or unwantedness? It could, it could literally be anything. For example, high achievers, mm. they think the next thing is always going to make them enough. They're going to be better. Um, and it's just, it's, it's not that far away either, is it? It's always like no. just that next thing. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I will, I will be enough when I have this car. I will be enough when I reach manager. Um, mm. Then they get there and they still don't feel enough. So then they move on to the next thing. Like when I get this, I'll be, en- I'll be enough. I'll feel enough. 
Um, so it's quite, it's perpetuating mm. and it, it could, you could take it onto the gym. You know, we don't have to be business. We could take it to the gym. It's like, when I weigh this much, I will feel enough. I will yeah. look enough. I'll be more accepted when I have this much muscle, blah, 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 blah. So it's, you know, it, you can take it to any, any part of your life essentially. Mm. Yeah. I think women, some, or some women, I shouldn't, uh, paint the board first <laughs> but women do it with family and children I find or some women should I say yeah do it with family and children it's like oh when I have kids or when I do x I will feel enough yeah um yeah I suppose men and women like um uh, when I get married and have mm. a house I think um I'm 33 nearly 34 but mm. I definitely find like in the early 30s late 20s it's like oh when I have a house, whatever, like I don't have a house, I don't have a car. Mm. When um when I have this ideal partner, yeah. when we get married and have kids. And, um, you know, I can look around me and um, a lot of my friends are married and mm. have a house. And not everybody's happy. No. So I think, you know, we grow up with that paradigm of, you know, you will get married and have kids and have a house, blah, blah, blah. Um. And that's not necessarily true, especially in today's day and age. We have so many different options and possibilities. Mm. Um, you know, I've definitely met some men that think when I meet this certain partner, everything will be complete. Yeah. When I have this car, everything will be complete. When I have this promotion, mm. when I buy this bigger house, um, <laughs> it's uh, you, you could, you know, apply it everywhere. So uh, how does someone get over that? Well... I think first things first, um, obviously, as well as coaching, I'm a yoga teacher mm. and an osteopath. So a lot about yoga is meditation. Mm -hmm. You know, in today's world, we think it's all about like putting your foot on your head or whatever. Mm. It's not about that. It's about like feeling that sense of like inner, inner peace, mm. inner joy. And really meditation and breath work are one of the best ways to get there. Mm -hmm. So for a lot of people, when I lead them through uh, meditation and coaching all through yoga and get them to look at themselves in a mirror mm. look at themselves i bet you 80 to 90 percent of people look down they can't look at themselves they feel they just feel awkward looking at themselves yeah, yeah. I, um yeah sorry i can compare that in my line of work in the sense that people hate themselves on video and they hate themselves in photos so yeah, just that comparison is like, oh, I hate myself on video. I hate, yeah, which it yeah. probably links back to what you're saying. Or in a podcast, I hate my voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, <laughs> my voice, you know. Um, you know, it's that same thing. And just, can you say the words to yourself? Like, I am enough. Mm. Um, that, that's the first thing, say it. Even if you don't believe it straight away, start. You've yeah. got to start somewhere. And then ask yourself like this question, I like to link back on it. When will you be enough? <coughs> if, I, if I asked you, I mean, you don't have to tell me personally, but right. free coaching session. Asked, like, <laughs> <laughs> when, when would you, what would have to happen for you to feel enough? Like if you give me the top three things off the top of your head. Financially stable. Okay, of course. What does financially stable mean? For me, that means being able to live a life where I don't have to worry um, if there's something that I want to do or so say, for example, I'm not talking like big spending money. Like if I wanted to go on holiday, I want to feel which I'm, I'm 
trying to work towards but like yeah feeling comfortable just um essentially yeah having a stable income that i feel is matching with my needs like i'm an entrepreneur so i it fluctuates so much Mm -hmm. um i'm self-employed as well yeah 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 so Mm -hmm. and for me like i'm building in things in place so i'm I'm saving regularly so that I've got a fallback and but I, I want to be able to have an income that I can go right I want to go traveling around Europe or I want to go pop to wherever and then being able to do that I think that that's for me is my financial freedom financial freedom mm. okay uh you asked for free didn't you well yeah well I'll, I think that I think financial stability is really interesting because I'm gonna pick that up <laughs> yeah Go on so if that's okay yeah yeah totally yeah um so for example by the end of that explanation you came up with financial freedom mm. most of us are somewhat financially stable mm. who, who may be listening to this because we're not living on the street no there's a difference between um, financial freedom and financial stability mm. if you were to have that financial freedom you mentioned that would enable you to travel mm. take time off work do you have that ability now to do that? No. Okay. If you had that, would the other parts of your life change? For example, your intimate relationships or the home that you had? Uh, not the home, but I think the intimate relationships because of that spending more time with people and stuff. And um, like, yeah, I, I want to take my daughter around Europe and stuff and do it while she's young enough to enjoy it and not like what what actually want to spend time with me and Mm -hmm. not um yeah still remember it if you know what I mean like old enough to remember it so yeah 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 uh home no no so it's really interesting it's like well okay visualize yourself you've got this financial freedom Mm. but in order to get that financial freedom there's a lot that you would have had to put in Mm. yeah which would have maybe taken away from time with your daughter mm. initially for then to enable you to go away for however long. Mm. Okay. So you've been, you're in Europe or wherever you are, maybe <laughs> Thailand, yeah, wherever yeah. you're going. Okay. You're with your daughter. Yeah. Then were you feeling up? I think so. Yeah. I think, I think it would be that, that feeling of just making memories really. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah. <laughs> so there's, I mean, there's a lot of different parts of life. Mm. Um, we talked about home, so your home wouldn't be different. No. Um, intimate relationships, they wouldn't be different. Um, your health? I think, for me, having the ability to say, I want to go and take two weeks off and go wherever. Yeah, I think. And... Because cause I, I am one that can work and work and work. Mm-hmm. And I've definitely got better at it, like going to the gym, making sure I'm doing walks, seeing sunlight, drinking water, um, sleeping at an appropriate time. All of that stuff I'm like trying to do so that yeah. I can go, I don't need to work. You know what I mean? Um, okay. Yeah. And that, it's interesting because when you had financial, you know, you've got financial freedom. Mm. It wouldn't have to work, but you can only have financial freedom for so long before you have to work again. Mm. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. So, do you, if you, so that would be great for that time you're away. Mm. Then you, then you come back from traveling. Then what? <laughs> well, yeah, it's that kind of thing of like, you have to earn more, or not, not necessarily earn more, but just that having that stableness of it, maybe. Yeah, yeah, the stability of it. Yeah. If if you like weren't to go away mm. and travel, if you weren't able to do that, how would that make you feel? Um, bit pent up, a bit frustrated. Yeah, just like I'd feel okay, but then I'd I like having something to look forward to, and I like having something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think like for example that you'd feel enough at that time that you're away and having a great time, mm. but then you come back and then you're back to like, what do I need to do to feel enough? Right. Mm. But so the thing you is, can I feel love... enough for a short time. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. I, I love working and I, yeah, I love like I, well, the way I see it is, is like my life's in different kind of buckets. Mm-hmm. So I've got like the family bucket, which is just me and my daughter. I've got, um, like the work bucket, I've got the adventure bucket, I've got the fitness bucket. And I'm trying to essentially manage all of those so that I don't empty one of them Great. and yeah. feel completely depleted because I've, I've not gone to the gym at all this week or not had any walks this week. Um, yeah. Or like, yeah, not spending enough time with my daughter and, and pushing that off. It's like, yeah, I don't, it's for me... I don't think I'd feel, I don't think, I, or I don't feel depleted when I've come back and I'm like, oh, I've got work more. I'm like, all right, I like, it. yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, that's my difference. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that that's great that your work fulfills you. Mm. Like, I love my work. I yeah. think um, it seems rare nowadays that people actually enjoy their work. It does, doesn't it? But um, it's sad I really me, actually. enjoy it. It is, it is quite sad. But, um, you know, I think after covid you can take away a lot of positives that people started to branch out mm. and started doing things that actually interested them or got creative again, mm. etc. Um, the the yeah. Shopify, you know, the platform. Shopify. So it's like an online e-commerce platform for building businesses. Okay. Um, their revenue and user base increased so much over the COVID period. Like loads of businesses were going down and stuff, but people were starting their own businesses and and developing new things which was i found really interesting and my um i had only been back in england for seven months oh wow (laughs) covid happened and i just restarted a business from scratch (laughs) (laughs) so uh and osteopathy was closed for three months until it was classified as healthcare okay and i and i teach yoga as well and all the gyms were shut Mm. um but once i reopened i was actually like the largest growth i've ever seen through really? my business through having a business uh, cool um so i think there are there are like positives to it but so circling back round, yeah that's right I yeah, know, yeah, yeah. i'm very easy to go off on a tangent yeah it's, it's totally <laughs> <laughs> um so that feeling of being enough like for example you said like if you hadn't been for your walks you'd feel rubbish that week mm. yeah i feel I, it if i don't go for a morning walk i feel shit yeah and i think whilst exercise is super super important mm. really really good really important for hormones and mm all sorts of reasons, health, health, mental health. Mm. Um, you know, when you can have a week where you feel off and you don't go for that walk for a week, mm. 
when you can reach that point when you just show compassion for yourself like i've i'm really tired i've had a hard week this mm. is just what i needed to do instead of beating yourself up like oh, i feel shit so i'm mm. not I'm not sure if blood swear sorry no like, yeah, yeah totally yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like when you reach that point where you're not beating yourself up yeah i mean it's completely different to showing yourself compassion if you have a few days off, if you know that you've been lazy and you just haven't done it because you can't be bothered, mm. you know, maybe you show yourself compassion one day, then you're like, I want to reach these goals. So I'm going to get back into it. So, right. What's the balance between compassion and letting yourself be a little bitch or actually being like, right, no, come on. And like motivating and that kind of sports coach that's like, no, come on, like grind what 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 is the balance between that yeah i think i think you know in yourself for mm. example like um i'll give you an example just recently for me i normally get up at six and go to the gym before work mm. every morning it's really cold and dark right now right <laughs> yeah so monday two weeks ago monday my alarm went off and i just couldn't get out of bed i was like mm. it's too cold i'm not going so i snoozed my alarm i went back to bed and I woke up again at eight and then got ready for work really quickly. And off I went. <laughs> I actually felt like very rested and like I just needed that sleep. Mm. So I didn't feel like, oh, cat, that was really lazy, mm. whatever. And I made time to go to the gym later on that day. The next Monday, I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> I pushed the button and I just had all the excuses under the sun. Mm. Like, oh, you know, maybe I'm tired. I need to rest. <laughs> I woke up at 7.30 I just felt annoyed at myself Yeah. because I actually was fine. I could have got up. I was just being lazy. Mm. So I think it's having that ability to be compassionate, but also objective. Um, like a lot of yoga, yogi philosophy teaches you to be objective. Like, you know, when you meditate, you're observing the thoughts that come in, mm. but you're not letting them overwhelm you or absorb you. Um, and it's kind of the same thing. It's like you observe the thoughts that come in. Yes, the first the first week I was like, oh, I feel a lot better for having the sleep. Mm. The second week I was like, oh, God, I feel awful. I just feel like, oh, that was a lot of excuses, Kat. Like yeah. you really just needed to get up and go. This Monday, I pushed the button. I went to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think it's about being objective with yourself, observing your thoughts objectively. Mm. It's really easy if you're... I think it's very easy if you're self-employed, if you're competitive, like I'm quite competitive. Mm. I kickboxed for like seven years. <laughs> I was a kickbox instructor before I ever taught yoga. I am com I'm one of those quietly competitive people. Mm. Um, it's really easy for us to beat ourselves up, mm. but it's um, it doesn't always help because what happens when you push yourself, especially at the gym, when you're really tired, you get injured. Mm. It's, it's easy. Um, or, you know, maybe compassion is like, hey, I'm not going to hit a big weight workout today. I'm going to go for a walk. Mm. I'm not going to go for a 5K today. I'm going to do some yoga. So so would you say having almost like contingencies in place? So if so, I've got like a gym routine. I'm like, all right, I'll go and do whatever each day. And then maybe if I'm not feeling 100% up to it or I didn't have the sleep, having like a essentially like a fallback. So it's like, I will do maybe just a hit workout today instead of like full weights because. Yeah. Or yeah. if you're not going to go to gym today because you're tired, mm. when can you schedule it in 
later in the week? Mm. Um, or does that mean that you're not going to have your Friday pizza? <laughs> you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, but it's like also not beating yourself up. I used to kickbox four times a week and gym five times a week. Mm. And, you know, if I didn't go to kickboxing, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to get That's so rude. fat. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> going to be faster than me. I'm going to be so slow, blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And it's just not true. It's not mm. true. It's just the thoughts we tell ourselves in our head. Um, and how does that make me feel? Crap. Yeah. And no one else has done that to myself except for me. Mm. So it's about like finding that kind of compassion. And that's, you know, when you can show yourself compassion without, without beating yourself up, without judgment, then you've started to feel more enough as you are. Mm. So what you slept in, you're still a good person. You're still kind. You're still good at your job. Mm. nothing nothing changes it's um it's learning that compassion for yourself but also you know being objective and self-motivated enough to know your contingency plan mm. or like okay this is what will happen next week this isn't going to happen next monday i would push back just a little bit and that yeah, is yeah, sure. in the sense of tomorrow edward is fantastic he can get up he can go to the gym. He can do a load of work, have time to go to the gym, do eat perfectly, do whatever. And in my head, I'm thinking, right, I'm going to do tomorrow. So I'm going to push it back to tomorrow. Where do you think the line is that you say, stop? Like, I, so I've, I've got a kind of concept in my head of like, does future Eddie want to do it? And whether that's cleaning or the like we were talking about before the tax uh, accountant stuff mm -hmm. does future eddie want to do it and it's like no because if you just did it now it's done yeah so and why i mean you if you feel in the mood to do it do it mm. but if you're really like i don't want to do this no i think it's good to work out why one is boring normally mm. right um or like you're not invested in it yeah so then you need to come back to your your goal essentially. So this is what coaching is about. Like, what is your, your vision? Mm. So, um, I know we've spoken a lot about the gym, but maybe we can, it's easier to talk about that. So what, what is my vision? Um, like what's my goal? I want to look a certain way. I think is a weak goal. Um, should we do it? Should we do it about business? Yeah, sure. If yeah. we go really specific business goal. Okay. For me? Yeah. Oh, shit. All right. Um, specific business goal. I don't, I don't have any like specific, specific business goals. Okay. Um, well, we mentioned, right, we'll go back to your first one. So you mentioned financial freedom. Yeah. Okay. What would financial freedom look to you being able to take off X amount of time to go traveling? Well, financial How freedom for me is £5,000 yeah. a month. £5,000 a month. So you've got a number already. I've got a number, yeah. So that's a specific goal. Yeah, in terms of like saving... Um, living and yeah, fun essentially, <laughs> um, yeah. That, that kind of cost. Yeah. So your financial goal would be £5,000 a month income after tax or whatever? Income, yeah. So before tax. Before tax? Yeah. Okay. Before tax? I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. Basically okay, £5,000 so a month is, yeah. Yeah. So you're, it's okay. So you've got that like sort of business sort of financial goal there. Mm -hmm. 5,000. Right. And then you've got that goal there and what that's going to achieve for you, where you're going to put that money. 
And then you need to look at what you currently make. You don't have to tell me, but keep that in your mind, right? So you've got that, what you currently make, mm. yeah? It's about 2,000. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty open. Roughly so, yeah. that, yeah. yeah? And then you look at the leap. Mm. And for a lot of people, that leap makes it seem unattainable, mm. okay? So then we start building little steps. Mm-hmm. So what is it going to take for me to earn from this month to two months' time? You would set that goal. Is it 2,500 or 3,000? You would, you would set that goal mm-hmm. and then you start working backwards. How am I going to get that income? Oh, so you start with the end goal in mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so for example, you pick whichever number you want. In two months' time, how much money are you going to earn? So, yeah, 2,500. 2,500. Mm. In your mind, do you have one or two steps that would help you get that 2,500? So, it would be essentially business development and maybe, um, yeah, business development, yeah. Business development in, in like, what aspect? Like marketing? Uh, or outreach and okay yeah approaching clients essentially okay great so approaching clients outreach so that would need time yeah Mm. time so if you were like oh i really need to do marketing today or reach out to people send emails Mm. but i can't be bothered (laughs) i'm i don't have the i don't have the time yeah 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 i just can't be bothered whatever um then you coming back to your vision of why you want that money mm. is going to help you progress. Right? Mm. If you have no idea why you're doing that, why you're spending time with outreach, or you have very vague numbers, mm. you've got nothing to work towards, essentially. You've got no goal. What's the point in running if you don't have an endpoint? Mm. So you you got to start backwards. It's like, yes. So one month you might monitor, am I moving close, closer to my goal? Mm. If yes, awesome, great, now what? If no, why? What haven't I done? Mm. What, what haven't I invested the time into? And then when it comes back to it, two months time, you're like, oh, I'm still not earning 2,500. Mm. You need to take that accountability for yourself. Like, why haven't you? Yeah, the ownership um, sort know, of thing. And, yeah. Massively right now, you know, we're in financial crisis. I'm using, you know, the little hands because, you know, we've always had some sort of financial crisis. I graduated during the recession in mm. um, 20, never, it was a long time ago, 2011 or something. Yeah. You know, and I had to go out there on my own because nobody was hiring. No. Um, but I made it work and I'm still an osteopath nearly 12 years on. Mm. But I think like, 40% of my 30 to 40% of my year group aren't working as osteopaths anymore. Really? Okay. So, you know, it's, we need to take that accountability mm. for ourselves. Yes, there's a financial crisis, but we just spoke about businesses during COVID absolutely thriving. Mm. And so, you've just lived through two years of real uncertainty. <laughs> exactly. If we can live through that, we can live uh, yeah. through anything, right? Um, so I, I quite like the way you put that. And I think, for me, it, it watching the news is just a no-go in a sense yeah, of... I don't have the news on in my house. At all. No, it it's, um, it's just anxiety-inducing headlines. There's yeah. never any positives Positivity. from it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I see it in my world where people fall into one of two categories, and that's either a 
like get up and go mindset and I can do this or a full like woe is me help me um... I think that the thing like with the get up and go mindset is is fab when you're feeling it Mm. but what I what I find in my uh is that like people like David Goggins I don't know if you're aware of him I never read any of his books I need to but Sorry, come back to what we're talking about. David Goggins, David like, Goggins, go, go, yeah, go, yeah. go, go, go. Uh, Jacko Willink's a bit like that as well. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure of him. No. But, but we need to make things sustainable because, great, mm. this is classic, I don't know, bodybuilders, peak, right? Mm. You know, they smash it all out. What happens? One, women become infertile, um, broken bones because of, like, you know, their demineralization because they're not eating the nutrients they need to at the very end of their comps mm. um same in kickboxers i treat a lot of mma fighters and that they just at the very last two weeks they basically starve themselves to cut weight and dehydrate themselves as well. injuries dehydrate yeah. it's, rubbish. <laughs> it's absolutely rubbish right mm. and if you do things more sustainably you're you're healthier over time that's why when we talked about the two-month window mm. it's a step to a step Mm. And this is how we sustainably reach our goals without burnout and without some part of our life having to suffer. So, so right. Okay. Yeah, I think that goes back to the, the point of like the bucket thing for me. Um, yeah. So that's a really good analogy. Yeah. So how do you think people can do that? And how do you think people can manage it effectively so they're not letting things slip in their, say, family life, in their have like because I can find it so easy to go oh, I've done a hard day of work I'm just gonna eat uh, like shit I'm just gonna buy whatever pizza and whereas I know I know deep down like I know if I eat that I'm gonna feel horrible and I'm gonna feel horrible for the day the day after um but it's yeah it's, it's really hard in the moment to go I'm not gonna sit and watch Netflix tonight I'm gonna maybe read a book or I'm gonna call a friend or something and it's easy to go oh here's this little short dopamine thing that's gonna draw you in sorry I'm, this is a long-winded question but yeah essentially yeah. how do you how do you manage that so that you're staying on track without burning out without just like solid just go 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 um yeah. and being mindful essentially well i think one the compassion component comes back in. Like we all have a day. We all do have a day where we're like, I just need to cocoon away today, eat a pizza, watch Netflix. And I think sometimes we just need that, but it's not, the most important thing is it's not every day, okay? Um, Depending on whatever goal you have, if your goal is business driven, you of course, you only have so much energy. Mm. So perhaps more of your energy will be going into that. That's just, that's just, how it works mm. but it's like if your business life your financial life or your say your business your work was a nine out of ten energy you're giving it it's like then making sure that your personal relationships or your intimate relationships are not like a one out of ten mm. if they maybe have to sit at a six out of ten for a couple of weeks mm. okay but make sure that you get some sort of uh, time in to fix that for example, if you've been working flat out all week and you haven't had time to see your daughter, mm. on a Sunday you make an effort to go and spend the afternoon with them, her and take her out somewhere. Mm. So it doesn't have to be, you know, one pebble in each bucket every single day. No. Some days it might vary very slightly, mm. but then you make up for it at the end of the week. And I mean, it's not like 
you know, I'm sure there are people, business people out there, high up there that are, are 10 out of 10 in business and their family life is a one out of 10. Mm. And they're like, oh, it's her birthday. <laughs> we'll take her out, blah, blah. Yeah. That doesn't work. No. You know, you need to check in with yourself. Um, I think a lot of people, sorry. I think a lot of no, people no, that's fine. Um, do that where they idolize people like Steve Jobs, uh, Tiger Woods, all, all these really high performers and they don't actually look at their life as a whole and go, oh, Steve Jobs had a daughter called Lisa who he like basically just abandoned. Yeah. And yeah, no, and then Tiger Woods' uh, marriage and, and life and had loads of affairs and stuff. And like no one looks at that and goes, right, is, is that the kind of lifestyle yeah. that I want to be living? Yeah, I know. And I, I do think that's partly too with media mm. and how we seem to glorify <clears throat> certain aspects. We only um, see the the good yeah the show real essentially don't we yeah and i think there's so many examples of that in in the media amongst like famous people mm. and it, it's kind of coming back to like what kind of life do you want to le- lead yeah you can be successful but do you want to die alone mm. what is your legacy you want to leave behind like massive house you can't like you can't take your money with you when you die no. but it is it does give you a lot of freedom in life. Mm. But if you've got no one to spend that with, no. what's the point, <laughs> right? So it's having, you know, having your goal there, your reality check. Mm. These people, their their goal was only ever one thing mm. and it was very narrow. And I think to have a balanced life, you need to have like a balanced perspective of what you want. Mm. In coaching, I always, I uh, one of the first sessions <coughs> I do, is like a very deep meditation it's called um castle view meditation Mm -hmm. and it goes into we go deep in a meditation we talk about your dream house your castle essentially Mm -hmm. what it looks like where it is um location whatever even down to like what services you have in your kitchen um and we talk about what does it smell like who's there with you in your castle Mm. what do you do for your work whilst you live in this castle mm. you've got to think about all parts of your life like money's just a tiny part of life mm. um same as like so yeah maybe a lot of people my age uh, fixate on like if i had this partner everything would be great mm. but how many of us know that couple that look great on paper I know couples that have been coming to me for years. Um, they've been together over 10 years, got a kid. What happened during COVID? They split up, you know? And uh, yet they're still posting like perfect pictures on Instagram. Yeah, you look at these people and you think, oh, they are so happy. They have everything. Mm. Nobody knows what goes on behind closed doors. No. Um, so, for example, if you were even in your, if you put all your energy into that one relationship, what happens when it's over? Mm. you fucked right yeah you burnt the but bridges you, with your friends and stuff and yeah yeah you haven't like been you haven't you're not doing the career you always wanted to do because you want to do invest more time into them and doing what they want to do mm. you haven't been doing the exercises you wanted to do or the classes you wanted to do because hey that didn't fit in with him or her or whatever mm. and um now you're on your own great <sighs> what now you're unhappy you hate your work you haven't got many friends like you feel unfit and fat or whatever mm. skinny <laughs> how i know it goes both ways yeah yeah, yeah yeah um 
but if you if you're really honest and you enter into your relationship both knowing as well like what's important to both of you what you both value mm. and you're with someone that respects that then you allow each other to put time into what's important to you and then if that relationship ends yeah it sucks so but hey how, you've got everything else how do you think people can do that at the start of a relationship at the start well i think it's important to think about first what you value mm. and there's there's like this really interesting technique in coaching i like and you write down on a piece of paper all the things that you would like in a partner mm -hmm. so like my top three off the top of my head just quickly would be like honesty um reliability um honestly rather busy and probably uh adventure mm -hmm. you know something like that that's off the top of my head honestly reliability adventure okay so you write your list and you write down as many things as you want yeah like i don't know if you want to give me your top three ed good partner uh fuck. um drive uh compassion and openness great so you would write this down i'm sure there's more than three mm. like most of us more than three like for yeah. me like health is ma health is a massive value mm. as well so i write down this list here of all the things i want in a partner then i go down the list <clears> and i think am i that mm. am i that am oh I so I you that? compare yourself to the list that you've made yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. Right. yeah so why are you asking for somebody that's like really healthy and fit if you're not healthy and fit mm. why are you asking for someone that's driven if you're not driven yeah because you attract the energy in that you give out mm. essentially and if you're like constantly if you're basically thinking oh this person's so driven i'm gonna be with them then down the line your energies won't match anyway no because you'll, you'll probably be will take grudge him won't you or her if, it's like, oh, he's always at work. He's all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that thing I wanted is like he's always doing and he's never got time for me. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I, th I think like a really good thing before you even go into a relationship is write down the qualities you'd like in a partner mm. and then go down and see all the qualities that you are mm. um, first. If you want them, if you want those qualities in someone, you need to live those qualities first. Okay. So say someone does say, like a woman says, I want a driven man or woman, whatever. Um, and she's not driven herself. How could she then go and become more, become more driven or, or yeah, look introspectively and say, right, I want to become more driven. Like, how does she then do that? What's the kind of steps that you would take? I would, I mean, people only ever feel driven when they feel passion, mm. right? So what in their life fills them with passion? What are they passionate about first? Mm. To be driven doesn't necessarily mean you have to be driven about your work. It could be that you're really driven towards maybe a cause, like I'm really driven in my fitness goals, or I'm very driven in working for this charity. Mm. I'm very passionate about arts and mm. creating art or, um, you know, learning mm. another one some people just love learning mm. they're really passionate about learning so being driven doesn't have to just be about work um <coughs> so i think you could review that like what fills you with passion what are you passionate about essentially if your passion is netflix something probably needs to change right 
Yeah. I I think a lot of people do though, or they fall into that. Um in, in what way? Like the Netflix sort of thing or the I don't know. For me it feels like a lot of people numb themselves. Yeah. With Yeah, they're food, not passionate about Netflix. Porn, Netflix, uh name fill in the blank of the easy thing that's yeah. to do that's not hard work yeah why is that <laughs> they want they want to numb things why because they feel not enough mm. there's some insecurity in them that they cannot be with their own thoughts mm. because it's it's so unnerving for them it's stressful <laughs> so they're like let's numb that disassociation yeah um what are some or are there, should I say, it would be the question, are there any, like, positive numbing um, numbing methods? Well, I don't think numbing is the right word. No. Basically. If you're numbing, you're disassociating and you're not being present, mm. essentially. But I think there's unwinding mm. rather than numbing. But For example, if you want to watch an hour of Netflix, it doesn't mean that you're, you know it's not like i'm sure we've all been there where we spent a day just binge watching something mm. but that's numbing but unwinding we all need time to unwind like taking an hour to just just chill and switch up mm. like meditation is basically a single focus a lot of people think it's when you think about nothing but it's actually coming down to a single focus which is like either the breath mm. or you're <laughs> listening to a guided meditation following the adventure that that uh, that time that we're not thinking about like, oh God, I haven't cooked the dinner, I haven't been shopping, I haven't yeah this, I need to do that, blah, 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 blah. That time that we take to just clear our minds is going to help reset our nervous system mm. and help us function at a much better level. So if your relaxation, I don't personally think anything with screens is that good for your nervous system. But um if that's the only way you can relax and you have an hour a day, fine, mm. you know? But because we all need to reset our nervous system, if we're running on adrenaline, mm. sympathetic nervous system all the time, we our bodies will crash. Mm. It will crash. We don't think as clearly. Um, our hormones and our bodies change when we're running on sympathetic system all the time as well. Mm -hmm. We're not as effective in any part of our lives. So for me, like meditation is the best way even if it's just 15 minutes a day <clears throat> to just quiet the mind, get into the body and have that focus. Do you know why I tell people and before they come to yoga, say so switch your phones off, <laughs> like everything can wait an hour. Yeah. No, nothing is going to, nothing's going to happen in an hour that you can change or that will end your life. Like no. just switch your phone off. Um, so, and I think can people you, need to do that a bit more. Sorry, yeah. Can you just talk about the sympathetic nerve or the sympathetic system that you were just well, expanding yeah. to that a little bit more, please? So when our, our nervous system is made out of two parts, mm -hmm. our sympathetic system and our parasympathetic system. Mm -hmm. So our sympathetic system is fight and flight. Um, when we're in, It's what happens in our stress response. Mm. Um, and there's, you know, another one, freeze. So fight, flight or freeze. So for example cavemen times if something was trying to eat us we'd either fight it off we'd run away or like some animals in the animal kingdom do they faint <laughs> that's the freeze like response play dead yeah. yeah yeah this can come up in other ways in our modern day life for example the freeze response is often when people disassociate mm. oh 
and they'll be watching their um, they'll be watching their Netflix for the day <laughs> because they're they're frozen. They're just filled with overwhelm that mm. they do nothing. Um, yeah, the overwhelm is so much that they do nothing. <laughs> they can't take action because they they just can't process it. Mm. So um, and they'll be stuck in this chronic stress cycle. <laughs> Um, and that's all to do with the sympathetic nervous system. Mm. So, you know, back in the day, we used to fight the bear or whatever, run away from it. Mm. And then our body would realize it was safe again. So then our parasympathetic nervous system would kick in. So parasympathetic is rest and digest. Everything slows down. If you think of parasympathetic, like a parachute, mm -hmm. it goes out, everything slows down. So this is important for resting, for sleeping and digesting. So like what's really common thing with stress nowadays, IBS. Why? Because the parasympathetic nervous system isn't working. We're still in the sympathetic um, place. Mm. Like when you're in that sympathetic place, your blood is going to your vital organs, to your limbs, because mm. your heart needs to pump faster. That's why we get higher blood pressure. <clears throat> uh, um, you know, we get a lot of asthma, breathing issues are triggered and people when they're stressed. Um, but nothing is really going into our digestion. Mm. Not very much is going into digestion. And we won't be sleeping very well at all either. So, yeah. And of course, if you're stressed, you it's very hard to sleep when you're stressed. Is there any relevance or is there any benefit to stress? Yes. Stress isn't bad. Like it's, it's a survival mechanism. If we didn't have it, we would probably die. <laughs> like, um, so stress isn't a bad thing. There's two parts of the stress cycle. So the first part of the cycle is really essential. For example, if you're walking across a road and a car came towards you, you would run a bit quicker. Mm. That would be your sympathetic nervous system saying, get out the way, mm. survive, save yourself. Um, same way if you were someone tried to attack you in the street, you maybe your body would just gut instinct hit once, run, whatever. Mm. We do need it. And it's even the same if you touched a hot surface, you know, you touch the stove and you're like that. <coughs> That's still classed as a stress response. Mm. So when, when that when the first part kicks in, like our eyes dilate, our pupils dilate so we can see more clearly, our sense of hearing heightens, mm. our sense of touch heightens. Um, you know, our heart increases, our breath rate increases to help us get safe. Mm. So the first part of the stress response is actually essential. Um, we need, we need it and, um, loads of loads of things come into play there. What happens is when the second part happens, that's where it becomes an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, when our body doesn't recognize that it's safe again and it can switch this, uh, nervous system response off. Um, some hormones are released mm. and that, that releases cortisol into our body. So cortisol, most people have heard of as a stress hormone. So it collects in our muscles. So like upper back, mm. neck, and also actually around the hips. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's obviously what is quite tight for my patients when they're stressed, like mm. neck and shoulders and lower back will often go. And that's because of the the tension around the hips yeah. where the, where the cortisol collects and it goes to those muscles because those are actually your main fight or flight muscles. Mm. So obviously hips make sense of running, but 
when you're stressed, you use these accessory breathing muscles that come from neck to shoulder mm. and they're accessory breathing muscles. They should not be your normal breathing muscles. <laughs> they're for short term to get a bit more air into your lungs mm. so you can run quicker, etc. Our real breathing muscle, I don't know if you can see, is your is your diaphragm muscle, so it's under the rib cage here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So when people so when you breathe, if you breathe properly, yeah. when you breathe in, your diaphragm should expand. And your ribs should come out. Mm. If I ask you to take a deep breath in now, most people go, the shoulders come up. What's Mm. wrong? That's how we've learned to breathe from being so stressed all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That should stay relaxed. And we should really use our diaphragm for our main breathing muscle. That's what it's designed for. Mm. Like a sprinter would maybe use these. These upper upper muscles, the scalenes and that, Mm. around the neck and shoulders. To, for a quick, a sharp burst, but then they, their body needs to go, I'm safe again. Mm. Okay. So that's the second part of the stress cycle is the problem because once the cortisol is released, it affects all our other hormones. Mm. Uh, like in women, stress can stop um, people having periods, yeah. create regular periods because of the hormones release. Mm. In men, it can cause a few different things. Like, um, it reduces like, testosterone, doesn't it? Yeah, your hair can, like, I mean, you can lose your, as most people, you can lose your hair because mm. of the hormones being affected. If you, the cortisol will affect your thyroid as well, which is an important hormone. Mm. Um, obviously, like, sexual dysfunction is a massive thing with stress mm. as well. They can affect all parts of your life. And the problem is that we don't recognize when we're safe again because, <laughs> one, it's frowned upon to hit someone or to run away from them. Mm. If we're in a business meeting, we can't exactly just get up and go, we have to just be in that state. Mm. And because we're so polite and everything nowadays, most of us are like, okay, you know, we're we so classically British. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, if someone could serve me dinner and it could be awful and they'd come around and be like, how's your meal? And I'd be like, yeah, it's really nice, thanks. Yeah. Even though I'm like, oh, that's disgusting. I'm never going to eat it. Mm. That's, I know, that's very British, but we, we don't get this out of our body it stays and it stores in our body essentially mm. so our body is never recognizing that it's safe again this is why like breath work is so important you know when you've got wim hof now james nestor writes an amazing book on breathing mm-hmm. and breath what book's that um james nestor's book breath okay it's really amazing and it, he's you know he's a researcher but he explains it just really easily it's mm. not too sciencey that it is overwhelming or whatever The only way you can really calm your nervous system is to slow down your breath. Mm. Okay. So, you know, what does a dog do after it stops running around? Panting. Does a big yawn, stretches itself out. Okay. If something's really stressful Mm. or someone's cut you up in your car, then what do you do? I, I, I've, I've like got a mind like water with cars. I've worked on it so much um my mum gets really stressed yeah if I'm in the car with her and and something happens she'll get really irate tense and just (laughs) I'm like calm down but yeah sorry yeah yeah Yeah, so yeah exactly her Mm. right that's a sigh right Mm. so you know you've had a busy day what's one thing people do (sighs) sigh why? Because that's a long exhale. Mm. Long exhales activate your parasympathetic nervous system. Mm. 
this is a sign to your body to downregulate. <clears throat> okay. So one of the best things I tell people to do, if you're going into a stressful situation, before you go in, if you're in your car, take a few sighs. Mm. Inhale, even longer exhale, big sigh. Okay. Is, have you ever heard of the thing of the double inhale? So you do two long inhale, short inhale, exhale. Mm-hmm. So it's like the... Um, I think it's called a physiological sigh. Okay. So you're, you're essentially mocking that. And yeah. I, I learned it from Andrew Huberman, so I'm probably butchering it. But That's yeah, <laughs> have you ever heard of that? Yeah. I'm not that one in particular, no. but I think it would have the same neurological mm. effect. Two short inhales and a long, a long exhale. Mm. Yeah, so, you, so you're the- taking as much breath as you can in and then you're taking more than you think you can mm-hmm. and then you're letting it all go and it yeah 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 so if you wanted to encourage your parasympathetics you do a longer exhale mm. for example Wim Hof breath mm. is a sympathetic breath because it's um these inhales are the more important part of the breath yeah yeah and the same in yoga breathing mm-hmm. we have a few breaths where yeah, like bellow breath and it, it's all to activate the body. And you do it before your physical practice. Mm. And it's to help activate the body to get it moving. Okay. So so if you wanted to feel more, if you were feeling really tired, you're like, oh, God, man, I'm so knackered. You would do your inhale breaths yeah. with a heavier focus on the inhales mm. to get your energy up mm. and get you more activated. If you were really stressed, you had a really long day or um, you're going into a business meeting you're nervous about, mm. you would do a breath with the long exhale. Mm. If you just felt all over the place and you wanted to feel more grounded and you just wanted to center yourself, a really good breath to do would be bo- like box breathing or four-sided breath mm. where you breathe in for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four, and then lengthen it out five, mm. six you know, all even sides. So depending on what you want for your goal of how to feel is how you would breathe. Okay. Um, Do you mind just doing that like again in the sense of pick me up, take me down, calm me? (laughs) So if, if we start with the pick me up, what is that breath work look like? Yeah. So there's a couple of different ones. And where does, where is it, where would you say it's applicable? Um, before exercise, mm-hmm. like if you wanted to, if you wanted to do an activated breath before, before exercise is a good time to do it. First thing in the morning, if you're feeling super tired, mm. um, there's a, you know, some of the yoga breaths for activation are really good for getting, you're getting your body activated. So you do them before you eat your breakfast mm. as well, which is good. Um, so you'll do your active breath then. Mm-hmm. I don't. Me personally, I don't like doing the activated breath because I feel I'm already running mm. on a sympathetic thing all the time. But like Wim Hof is smashing it with the activated mm. breath. And um, they do use it in yogi philosophy quite a lot. Mm. I would say with the activated breath, you need to be make sure you're safe wherever you are. Like I think it's, you know, Wim Hof says it himself, but like don't do the breathing in a bloody pool, right? <laughs> Because what happens is some people go lightheaded, mm. okay? 
So you do your breath first, then go into the pool mm. or the ice water, whatever. Um, so if you're going to do your activated breath, you need to make sure you're in a safe environment first. Mm. You're sat down, not standing up. Um, you're sat down and you're not in water. You're not going to drown yourself, basically. Mm. Okay. So you could do your, there's a couple of different ways to do your active breath. You always make sure you're sitting tall, not crunched over, so your ribs are like nice and tall. And then you could, yeah, so in through the mm. nose. You kind of always want to breathe through your mm. nose. James Nestor um, writes a lot about nasal breathing. You know, like uh, modern day, he's really interesting anyway. Um, like we have a lot of dental issues nowadays and um, we have a much higher palate mm. and a lot more snoring, sinus issues. And it's because most of us actually breathe through mm. our mouth and it was never really designed to be, to breathe like that. So when, except with the exhale, I will go out through mm -hmm. the mouth, but going in, you kind of want to go in through the nose. Um, so you would always breathe in through the nose and it's like a short, sharp breath going in for your activating breath. It's like, do you remember we talked about our diaphragm muscle mm. before under the rib cage? You can actually just bring your hands under the rib cage and you'll feel that contracting as you breathe in. So I put that down like that. And so you pop your hands there. And then as you inhale, you go. Mm. You yeah, feel yeah. that? It's quite strange, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> but that's a good way of training the diaphragm as well. Mm. So you would keep that going for as long as you could. Some people are really good at it. Some people you might go for like uh, 15 to 30 seconds and then you will need to do a and start again. Like some people breathe out through their nose as well. And you could breathe in or out mm. through your nose, basically. Um, but there's two different types of, well, there's a lot of different yoga types of breathing, mm -hmm. but in or out through like short, sharp, activated mm. breath. If you want to feel activated and like the Wim Hof stuff is great for that mm -hmm. as well. Um, so that if you want to get activated that if you, if you want to, you know, down regulate mm. and slow down, uh, you could, you could just do the size, like the mm. inhale and a big sigh through the mouth. In yoga, we have a lion's breath. If you're not relaxing your body enough, you can do this lion's mm. breath. It does look quite funny, <laughs> but you know, no one's here to judge it. So you would just breathe in for your nose. And as you breathe out, you sigh with your tongue out your mouth, like, like a yeah. lion, basically. Yeah. Another one I like to teach in a yoga class, because some people just feel a bit self-conscious during the lion's mm. breath, is breathing in for four and breathing out for seven. Mm -hmm. So in through your nose for four and breathing out through your mouth for seven. Imagine you're breathing out through a straw. And then you could breathe in for eight. And breathe out for longer. You would build that mm. up. A lot of people who don't practice breath work won't be able to do for as long as eight. Mm. So start with four, breathing out for seven. Then maybe change it to five, breathing out for eight. Until you build that resistance mm -hmm. up. And then if you were to just kind of find that balance, mm. if you just wanted to feel a bit more grounded because you're feeling a bit scattered and all over the place, um, you breathe in for four. So breathing in two, three, four, hold your breath, two, three, four, 
Exhale, two, three, four. Hold, two, three, four. And you would keep that going for a few times, then maybe make it five, then take the count for six. Mm. So you could do it that way. I think that's a really good way. That is actually classed as a meditation because you have a single focus. Mm. And the single focus is your breath. A lot of people say, I can't meditate. I can't quite my mind. But when you've got something like breath and counting to focus on, your brain has a focus. So it's not thinking about all the 50 things that you mm. need to do. So it's a really great way to start with meditating and breath work is with the counting. Um, I think, I think that would be really useful for people in terms of, yeah, mm. just using it in their own lives and stuff. In terms of, um, one thing I wanted to talk to you about was like the money aspect. So yeah. obviously you've done another podcast where I found out about it and I love the way that you you framed it in a way that was insightful in the sense that talking about earning more and not worrying about increasing your prices. Um, yeah, can, can we talk a little bit about, about that? Yeah, I think what you're talking about is the limiting beliefs that we mm. hold regarding mm. money. A lot of us are like, yeah, I want to be wealthy. Yeah, I want to have all the mm. stuff or whatever. But it's like, do we actually? Mm. And it, um, you know, this comes down to limiting beliefs, which we may or we may not be aware mm. of. So in that podcast, I think you're talking about, we talked about kind of like growing mm. up, depending on what kind of your family dynamics were growing up. For a lot of people, maybe like me, like I haven't, I'm not from a poor upbringing, just from a gen generic sort yeah. of upbringing. But um, even even my own family, you know, they were like, oh, it's all right for them. They're rich mm. or it's all right for those people. And it kind of creates that divide of them and How us, the other half live. Right? How the yeah. other half live. There we go. Is that, you know. That's, that's literally what my parents said. <laughs> yeah. And, and we almost demonize people who are more wealthy. Yeah. We're like, they're, you know, they're not as good mm. people. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and we kind of, we adopt these beliefs growing up because as a child, you need to be part of your community to survive, mm. right? It's essential. You adopt their beliefs because you want to be part of the tribe. You want to be part of the community so you're accepted and you're yeah. safe, right? As we get older, these beliefs kind of don't serve us anymore, to be honest, because we want to earn more, but there's part of us that's like, if I have this much money, my parents will think I'm not as nice a person mm. or, um, you know, we, we've all had it in my life. For example, I'm vegetarian. My family are South African, very red meat yeah. eaters, right? Uh, for my birthday meal, I want to go to this restaurant that does vegetarian food. And uh, then, you know, you get the comment like, oh, you always want to be fancy. Oh, everything has to be fancy. It's like, actually, it costs the same amount of yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, because it's out of the norm or maybe it's different, mm. which they view as, you know, it's, you know, you're like, you're no longer in that tribe. You're like, oh, that's too expensive. Or say, for example, you came home with like a, a new car. Mm. The first question your dad might ask you is like, oh, how much did that mm. cost? Oh, how did you afford that? That's right for some, yeah. isn't it? It's like money is a negative. Mm. And we we grow up with that 
belief it's like oh I, I won't get that because they'll say that or um, I'll look like this whatever whatever the case may be so what we some of us do is you know we've got these and I'm a healthcare practitioner this is massive in healthcare we feel guilty for charging um, mm. more because we like oh we're here to help people not to make money mm. but newsflash we've got bills to pay <laughs> <laughs> you know we've just got this thing of the nurses striking they earn hardly any money like compared, they have a degree. Mm. They do jobs that nobody else wants to yeah. do, but they they earn much less mm. money. And a lot of people feel guilty about asking for more mm. money um, because they want to be seen to help people, not to be out for themselves. Mm. It's like if you earn more money, I'm just out. You're just out for yourself. Mm. Um, and we we kind of adopt these belief systems growing mm-hmm. up. It's like okay. Um, I'll do this for you. Oh no, don't don't pay me. Oh no, I feel mm. awful. But you've got bills to pay, essentially. Mm. Um, but we 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 just feel like we're not as good a person if we're receiving money for mm. something. Um, and that I mean that can relate to any part of life. But I really have noticed it in my online coaching clients mm. who are osteopaths mm. and um, around healthcare medical work. I so we adopt these sort of limiting beliefs. Yeah. I think creatives do it too in the sense of yeah so yeah I, I work in like video and um, photography and stuff and design and I think for me and I think where a lot of like my peers come into this is that you would do it without getting paid because you love doing it you yeah you love you love making videos you love doing it like it's, it's a passion and yeah. I've only I've only recently learned this that like oh you actually have to do make money from your passion like if you if you want to be happy you want to live a sustained life you need to make money you have to feel mm. fulfilled yeah um, it's it's feeling fulfilled and then financially fulfilled mm. I I like I think I like to think of energy money as energy and I haven't always felt mm. this way like I used to definitely fall into the category of being like oh no don't be silly <laughs> but, this, but then I'm struggling I'm like you know what I've, got, I've done a four-year degree I have a PGCE mm. I'm an advanced yoga teacher but why am I still living in my parents mm. house you know I've been there totally <laughs> been there and it's like when you when you're doing if you think of your skills as energy mm. when you're giving out all your energy but you're not receiving back what you should mm. Um, you start to build resentment and then you think like, I need to do something else. I need to do this to make this money. Um, Oh God, they're calling again. They're texting again. You know, you start building resentment when you're not repaid in the same amount of energy as you're Mm. giving. Um, So I've definitely a big change for me is viewing money as energy. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not saying like, I still don't charge as much as some people Mm. charge, but I charge enough that I feel satisfied with what I'm receiving mm. and I can afford um, the things mm. I like, like going to the gym, going for like a nice brunch with friends. Mm. Like I don't go on holidays all the time, but it's nice to be able to have enough money to go on them like twice a year or yeah. whatever. Um, what, what feels right for me and sits well with me. Mm. Um, but it, but I was never aware of that until I started going into these like limiting beliefs. And I was like, yeah, that's true. How my parents spoke about mm. wealthy people does. I did probably absorb mm. that. And, um, 
I, I think it, you do need to kind of break out of that and then ask yourself, like, do I know any wealthy people who are nice? Yeah, of course mm. I do. You know, and um, they do nice mm. jobs. And they're, they're really nice. So I go around their house. They always offer me <laughs> a cup of tea and they're like, do you want some lunch? Like, very lovely people. Mm. So I think becoming aware of that limiting belief first, like, where's that come mm. from? It would have served you. Every limiting belief would have served you at some mm. point in your life but it's probably no longer serving you now if it's limiting you, right? So becoming aware of that is step one, it's the biggest mm -hmm. one. Then starting to notice it come up in your life and then challenging that belief. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, if I think wealthy people are bad people, but do I know any wealthy people that mm -hmm. aren't? Yeah, yeah, I do. And now, now <laughs> I've challenged it, I've become aware of it, I've challenged it, now how am I gonna change mm -hmm. it? So if I was, for a healthcare person, if I was to have more money, how would that positively affect my life? Well, I'd be able to have more time to spend with my mm -hmm. loved ones. I'd be able to have more time to spend on my health, my well-being, um, doing gym classes mm -hmm. or whatever I like to do. I'd be able to have a holiday and actually have time mm -hmm. off work. Um, I'd be able to go on nice dates with my partner or we could enjoy more time together without being stressed mm -hmm. about money. Um, I'd be able to expand my business, right? Because let's face it, to have a business, you have to invest yeah. into it. It has to be um, profitable. It has to be profitable, <laughs> but to grow a business, you have to put money yeah, yeah, into yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Building, build, building yeah. websites, marketing, um, maybe you take people mm. on. Like you need to have that income to grow, to grow mm. your business. So but ultimately, the business won't be around if you don't make money. <laughs> yeah. I think it's some crazy statistic, like, uh, I think it's Alan Sugar said, like in his books, like in the first year of business, 50% of businesses make mm. loss, something like that. Um, so, you know, there is always going to be the first initial part of business, which is hard, Yeah. but you need it to be, you need it to be going mm. upwards, yeah, yeah. right? You don't want it to be the same or downwards. Um, Definitely. If you want, you eventually won't be able to do your passion no. if you're not getting enough yeah. from it. Um, I definitely think my limiting beliefs come definitely around money in a sense of um, like begrudging spending and stuff. Um, I just remember like when I first started living on my own, that it was like, oh, can I afford to put the heating on? Or can I do X? <laughs> um, and it's such a stupid belief to have. But I think it's one that a lot of people have in the sense of, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, for example, <clears throat> if you said, I can't afford to buy whatever yeah. it is. So, uh, I don't know. I can't afford to buy, I don't know, Sky mm. or something this week or something that's useful to you, whatever it is. Uh, I can't afford to buy a new coffee machine, whatever mm. it is. Okay. Um, you're going into your day with, I can't, mm. I can't, I can't afford to, I can't afford mm. to buy that. I can't afford to spend that. So how is that help? If you were running towards something, Imagine a big elastic band around you with this, I can't afford to. 
you're running towards your goal, but in the back of your mind is, I can't afford to mm. do this. So this big resistance band is putting mm. you back. It's like if I said to you, don't think of a blue elephant, <laughs> classic. What do you think of a mm. blue elephant? If you're constantly thinking, I can't afford to spend that, you might get towards your goal to a certain extent, but it's going to be a lot harder because your brain will always think about what you're saying mm. to it. It doesn't think in negatives. So if you say like, oh, don't think of this blue elephant, your brain goes to blue yeah. elephant. If you're thinking about being poor or not being able to afford stuff, your brain will, that will pull it back mm. to that. If you're, you know, if you're in an abundant mindset, it's like, I'm going to put the heating on because I'm going to earn this much. I'm going to earn 2,500 mm. in two months' time. And I'm going to take these steps to make it happen. I find when you fixate on what you can't afford, you'll, you won't afford it. I think, I think okay? that abundant mindset is really effective. And it's only something that I've like come across recently. And, and framing stuff as like I get to rather than I have to. Even like, yeah, even like, yeah I, I begrudge going to the gym because I fucking feel tired and I just don't want to. But then I get to go to the gym, which yeah. I don't know. It kind of just makes me think, right, I, I get to do this. Um, another... Yeah, you're healthy enough to get to go to yeah, the gym. Yeah, I've got the time to go to, to the, go gym. To the yeah, gym. Yeah, I've I can like work yeah. on my own schedule that I get to go to the gym when it's not busy. <laughs> like all those things of like the positives of it, um, I think yeah. really help. One thing that came up in my mind when you were speaking about the money thing is: Have you ever read a book called "I Will Teach You to Be Rich" by Sethi Ramit? No, no, I've heard of it, but I haven't um, read it. So he like it's a shit title because it's so like clickbaity read this kind of title yeah. <laughs> but in it he talks a lot about um how we've got these like money scripts in our head and so a lot of people it's like that that i can't afford to pay uh three pound for a, a starbucks latte and he i really like the way that he reframes it in the sense of if that's your like if that's what gets you really excited and you love having that three pound coffee do it but then be sensible in the sense of right this is where my other money's going and if a mate asks you to go to the pub you say no because you've allocated that that pleasure spending on the three pound cup of coffee or the new night trainers or mm. the spotify membership or whatever yeah do you know what i mean like it's like where where's your Mm. yeah i mean i wish starbucks coffee was only three pound but uh, it's more like four five it's gone up yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um um, yeah no exactly i'm I'm not really a drinker Mm. i don't really go out much these days in my Mm. 30s um i'm always the gym or yoga but do you know what coffee is my pleasure and i think i'm gonna have this coffee why i think it makes me a better osteopath Mm. well one because I'm like, yes, I'm starting my day off how mm. I want to start it off. And I'm like, it's, you know, I won't, I'll have this coffee because it makes me mm. feel good. And when I feel good, I'm better practitioner with, um, for my patients. I turn up more positively and I'm like, you know, buzzing, ready to go because it's part mm. of my routine. I'm not saying cough, caffeine addiction. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's my thing. Um, if I'm like, I can't afford to buy that mm. coffee, I'm already starting off on a mm. negative a negative step. Um, and I think it's like welcoming 
allowing yourself to welcome in that abundance mm. instead of thinking about all the things we shouldn't, couldn't, should like, mm. can't, can't do. It, it's, you know, I always think, you know, that saying people make time for who they want to see mm. or what they want mm. to do. It's the same for money, right? If someone wants something, they will pay yeah. for it. It's all that it comes down to. If they want it, they'll mm -hmm. pay for it. And like when I first started off my business, I was like, oh, okay, oh, well, you're a friend of a friend. I'll give you 50% off, blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay, you're at the kickboxing gym. Yeah, I'll do you a mm. discount, blah, 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 blah. But where does that end me? I'm mm. poor. Yeah, what does that do for me? No. Nothing. Do you know what? They go out and buy some night trainers for 100 pounds. Oh, they can afford <laughs> that? They couldn't afford <coughs> for, for my mm. patient. You know, people are like, oh, I can't afford to see you from my back. I'm like, you just went two spoons and spent 50 pound mm. it's priorities mm. people will pay for what they prioritize and it it's standing like it's st sticking with mm. your values and again valuing but i don't yourself. think people actually pay all comes down to being pay enough. enough attention to what they do value so that's where the money worry comes in is because they've not actually looked at their life and gone what do i like spending money on like i like going to festivals and having a, a rave like three times a year that's my little like shut off yeah do you know what i mean like i, I don't mm -hmm. go every weekend yeah. i don't drink at all unless i'm at the festival or warehouse or whatever yeah. and yeah i like spending money on that and then but I, I think a lot of people they fall into the trap of spending money unconsciously I, I think that's part of it, but I also think if you were to be too con like by too mm. conscious, I mean like counting mm. every penny, you're also limiting yourself because you're not thinking about growth. I honestly have like this in like real trust in the universe. If it's meant for me, it will come mm. to me. And I say every week I say, okay, look, it's looking a bit quiet mm. this week. I want to have 20 patients this week. Um, and I say, like, please, universe, I need 20 mm. patients this week. And I trust. I, like, have that trust. It will mm. come in. Have you ever, like, wanted something and you thought, if this is supposed to happen, it will happen? And something maybe doesn't go the way you thought it would, but something even better mm. comes in. Like, it's just having that trust that it, it will mm. come in and not being afraid. I think fear with money is massive. It's like, I will count every mm. penny. Like, uh, I always wanted to do my advanced yoga teacher mm. training. Uh, it's a month. You take a month of work. <laughs> if I was to count every penny, I'm self-employed. If I don't work, mm. I don't get paid. And I was, if I was to think like, oh God, I just, you know, this is too much. I can't make it work. Blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, I wouldn't be earning for a <laughs> month and where am I going to put my money? Blah, 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 blah. But I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. This is going to mm. happen. Um, if that means I have three coffees a week, fine. But it always becomes unconscious because I'm so set on what mm. I want. Um, but I'm also not afraid it won't happen. Yeah. I just have trust this is going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I know that the universe wants the best for me. And I know I mm. deserve it because I feel enough, right? Like when you set your prices for your business, it's like, oh, I feel a bit awkward asking for this much money. Why? Because you don't feel enough. When you don't feel mm. enough, other people don't feel that mm. you're enough. You have to give off their energy like your skills, you 
you're valuable in this way. So once I stop giving people a discount, mm. you know, you, initially you could be like, oh, you know, when you first start, you're like, oh, people <laughs> won't be able to afford this, blah, blah, blah. Like, uh, I feel guilty, yeah. whatever. Once I was like, this is the price, come or yeah. don't come. They were, you know, some people may be like, oh, oh okay. <laughs> and then do you know what? With the MMA mm. guys, they got offered someone else to sponsor them mm. for free. And yeah, they did go, they did go to this new guy for free, mm. whatever. But you know what? When they really hurt themselves, who did they call? They <laughs> yeah, called yeah, me, yeah. right? And they paid the mm. full price and they were happy with the results and they came mm. back again. So it might not happen straight away, but it's really valuing yourself mm. and your skills and knowing you've got something to give people and you have that service. Mm. Like service is so important in whatever mm. you do, however that is. Um, you're providing a service for someone, but feeling fulfilled, one, in that service, but also really valuing your skills and what you have to offer mm. people. And I think having that abundant mindset is part of really feeling enough with what you do and valuing mm. it. And I don't mean being complacent or cocky because to be an osteopath, you have to, or to do anything, mm. right? Yoga, osteopathy, whatever you do, you have to go and learn, be constantly learning to keep feeling, um, to keep filling up your skills and feeling oh, excited about what we're doing. Like, oh, wow, this is new. This is amazing. Mm. This is exciting. And keep that passion, that energy alive. And then that helps you feel more fulfilled in what you have to offer people mm. and standing firm in your costs and what you're charging people. And if someone, if, you know, my sister is like, mm, that's a bit much. I'm like, mate, they have a private cleaner come to their yeah. house once a week. They can afford to have their back yeah, back yeah. two times. Like, fine it's it's having that self-confidence enough that you don't let outside thoughts mm. um bring you down and i i do really think family is key to that right everything comes from mm. childhood and you know they have that saying in, they have this saying in yoga if you ever think you're enlightened go spend time with <laughs> yeah i've heard that yeah and it, it it's so true it's like feeling mm. enough Feeling enough is constant work. You don't just feel enough one day and it stays no. that way. It's, con it's constant, constant work. And that comes back to mindset, mm. feeling I am enough. I'm, I deserve to be earning mm. this much. Um, one of the worst things I hate people saying is I need to fix myself. I need to fix myself yeah. first. Because you're not broken. No one's no, broken. Like we are how we are and we're imperfect, but that's mm. perfect, right? I hate when people say, oh, I'm broken. I need to fix this about myself or I need to fix myself first before I can mm. do this. You're not broken. Um, you're enough as mm. you are. And the more you can recognize that, the more things will start improving in your life in every aspect, financially, personally, mm. energy, activity, whatever it is. I think... Another piece of advice it, from my perspective is just charge a little bit more every time you do a new project and, and see where it gets you because sometimes you'll, you'll go, oh no, like you'll get a load of kickbacks if you charge too much and people are like, oh no, I can't afford it. Then you'll realize, oh, it's probably a bit too expensive. But if you just constantly yeah. go, oh, maybe I'll add a hundred pounds onto that project. And, or, yeah. Every year I review my mm. prices. Um, yeah. I am not the most expensive no. osteopath by any stretch, but um, I feel good about my mm. prices. 
like I don't feel resentful like oh god like I'm working so hard and getting yeah. nothing um <clears throat> I also always look at the people around in my area who are doing this similar work mm. to me and what they're charging mm. um it's, a, it, it's probably different with creatives to healthcare mm. um because people will come back for recovered appointments etc but um so I look at that as well before I set my mm. prices. Um, this year, you know, it's hard, right? Like we hit like in a kind of recession and people are like nervous about affording their energy bills. So you, you feel a bit nervous about putting your prices mm. up, but hey, guess what? I've got energy bills to yeah. pay to. Um, so it's putting them up, I think, in a fair mm. way without taking the, without taking the piss, essentially, but also, um, you can't keep them like you can't keep them as no. they are because you know think about groupon right for example if if you can get this thing you, if you pay 60 pound for mm. something say an osteo treat or a physio treatment 60 pound mm. and then if you got this voucher and uh, you paid 10 pound for mm. a treatment which one are you likely to value more the higher one hmm. yeah see so if you're underselling yourself say you've got 10 years of skills mm. training but you're charging 50 percent less mm. than someone uh think about how your clients are viewing mm. you and the kind and the kind are of you... clients that you attract as well absolutely you, yeah. for example what would you rather have like an mns swiss mm. roll or a tesco value mm. swiss roll which one do you they could have the same ingredients, but which one are you likely to mm. go for? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think from the perspective of a business owner, people respect you more. Um, so I've got, I started a candle brand with my mum and she was so against charging the prices that I wanted to charge. Um, so £17, which is quite expensive for a candle. I will totally admit that. But I, I don't want to be in the candle market where it's so saturated and you could go to a supermarket and buy a cheaper candle. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think it's only now starting to pay off me sticking my ground and going, no, that's what we're charging. Um, just in the sense of like, I've had National Trust approaching me to stop the candles and I don't think that would have happened if they were cheaper. Um, yeah but I think as well it's like what what can you you know your candles probably have like higher quality mm. ingredients or they're more sustainable more organic or whatever it's it's like um if you I have this thing with life coaches to be honest like <laughs> so some life co life life coaches mm. have done what mm, I don't know a day course mm. and they want to charge like 20 something grand a year <laughs> like i've been in the health industry 12 years i did like a really intensive nlp mm. life coaching course um a, a lot of hours and i did so many hours coaching before i qualified mm. as well um yeah it or i wouldn't feel good in myself charging someone that much no. money uh, as much experience as I have, I just, the people that I want to help, 
are not those sort of people. Okay, so depending on what you cost, I mean, you have to, I think you have, you charge her, you have to be able to back that up with whatever you're mm. giving. For example, if, I don't know, your candles were made with like the cheapest high wax, mm. whatever they're made of. So they, yeah, they are handmade going. soy wax. Yeah, 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 there you go. They're handmade soy yeah. wax. Um, yeah, you've got quality products going mm. into it. I think if you have the quality and you're confident in the mm. quality of your services you're offering someone, charge what you think mm. you're worth. And that's, you know that saying, like people would say, charge what you think you're worth, fine. But if you've got no filler... <laughs> It's crap and it will crumble. And you'll know that subconsciously, won't you? Like you'll feel yeah, you like, to, like a snake oil salesman know. and be like, oh yeah, I'm just selling shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's not sustainable, right? We might get one or you might get lucky and get one or mm. something, one or two, but it's not sustainable long term. So yeah, charge what you feel mm. you're worth. But like you have to really, really feel mm. that worth. Like, you know your skills or you know what goes into mm. your product. You feel confident, comfortable. That's enough. Mm. Yes, I feel really good about this. I feel positive. Mm. I'm offering something. I'm really offering something great to people. This is going to be great. This is going to really be of service yeah. to them. You feel good with, and then you set your prices mm. that way. Not, you shouldn't be thinking like, oh, well, well, you know, people can't really afford this. So I'm going to charge Yeah, that. oh, they could buy um, the candle from wherever. <laughs> yeah, or, oh, but they'll just go yeah. there. And if I don't charge that, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, charge what you think you're worth and really feel, like, in yourself good with that. And be confident in it. Because I think... Yep, I, exactly. If you're not confident, people... People can read that. it, can't they? Yeah, I was at a market on the weekend... Um, I love I love doing it. It's fucking hard work, but it like I love doing it just because it like one I'm interacting with people and I quite like the sales element of it. Um, yeah, talking to people, yeah. connecting, communicating. But the woman next to me was just watching me, and she was talking. We were talking at the end, and she's like, "You just like are really confident in your prices, and you just like, oh yeah, this one's seventeen, this one's whatever the diffusers are." And then I was like, "Yeah, but that's because I like believe in." what i'm yeah I, I believe in the product and i'm like this is what it's worth if you want to pay it fine if you don't then i've had a lovely conversation don't. with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's what's the worst thing people can yeah. say no that's it yeah let's take the fear mm. away take the fear aspect mm. out of it because if you're if you're like mm, either people don't buy it or they try and knock you down yeah. right yeah i uh, like you know I've asked someone's asked me for discount before in my cafe. I go to this cafe every day. They always they know mm. my order. Don't have to order. <laughs> they know it. And they're like, oh, you know, someone that comes in there was like, oh, do I get this cafe? I go to Cafe Coretto. Do I get a Coretto discount? I said, no, they don't get discount. Mm. Pay full price. I was like, I didn't give no. discounts, and I just stick with it, and I'm fine mm. with that. One, I don't want clients coming in that don't value my mm. services. Because what happens then? They don't turn up for their appointment. Mm. They don't come on time. Or in my case, they All would be like the twat of a client who wants loads of things done, keep wants in amends, and then is never happy. Sorry, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you you know, there's loads of things that mm. come with that. So, I say, okay, we'll go find another osteopath. Mm. Go on then. 
Like, uh, I feel confident with my、mm. skills. I've been doing it long enough. I have a nice client、mm. base. They're really awesome, really loyal, genuine people.、Um, same with my yoga classes.、Mm. Uh, they're awesome. They come back each week. Great.、Um, And I just have that fulfillment in all parts of what、mm. I do. And, and the same in products, if you're selling、yeah. products. So it's just having that confidence. And,、um, you know, like you can say, like, oh, I'm worth it and charge that. But you really have to feel it and、mm. believe it and have, the, and have the stuff to back it up. Yeah. 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 So I think that is important.、Mm. Um, do you think、uh, there's anything I've missed in the podcast? Uh, Was there anything you would like to cover? No. no. I think,、um, you know, maybe another we, time. I mean, we, we covered, covered a lot, lot. about feeling、yeah. enough. And I think, you know, maybe that's the one to、mm. stick to.、Um, like feeling loved、mm. enough. I'm not loved, so I'm unloved. That always comes down to family,、mm. your、yeah. upbringing, essentially. And how we carry that with us through our relationships.、Mm. And it may be even in business, like, oh, if I give them this for free, they'll really value me. And you'll receive some sort of love from them. But it's like an unfulfilling type of love. You're seeking、it? that outside validation, aren't you? You're seeking outside validation. So when you, I think when you can feel、uh, loved、mm. as you are and enough、mm. as you are, everything changes,、mm. business changes. Like I've had that, I've definitely been through that. Um, <laughs> in my life, and it's only kind of now that I've came into coaching. Actually, I, you know, when I came back from Australia, I, I had therapy and then coaching, and I was like, oh, right. <laughs> that's what that, that was,、uh, that's why the world was crumbling around me. My relationships、mm. were failing. I was never happy where I was、mm. working. It's like it already starts like within、mm. ourselves,、um, but it's, it's really easy to blame. The world to blame outside、oh, yeah. sources, society, and like, why well, is、yeah. this happening to me? Why is the world against、mm. me? You know, like, oh, why do you, why do these men always let me down?、Mm. Or, uh, why my boss, why my bosses like such、mm. jerks? You know, so I think, you know, when we bring it back to ourselves and actually explore these limiting beliefs and why we don't、mm. feel enough or loved as we are, everything, all parts of our life around us change work, business,、mm. money. It's, yeah, it's all good, isn't it? Like, yeah. Positiveness and optimism, I think, for me anyway, just, just yeah. help life. <laughs> yeah, I think it's about being, again, like we said at the beginning, like being accountable, but being compassionately accountable.、Mm. You behaved how, the only way you knew how to at、mm. the time. But now that we're stepping up the awareness, we can choose new ways to. To react or to behave,、yeah. to respond. Cool.、Um, so, like one last parting bit of advice, if you have any for anyone, if they maybe, I don't know, they're feeling lost, they're feeling stressed,、uh, what would you say to them?、Um, meditate. <laughs> <laughs> I would say do some breath work. Like, four sided breath is a great way to start. There's tons on YouTube.、Um, I have stuff on YouTube under Cat Hill Yoga and Osteopathy,、um, on my Instagram as well, Hill Osteopathy and Coach Cat Hill. There are two different Instagrams there. But Four Sided Breath is a great place to start. Breathe. <laughs>、um, I 
think that's a really great place to start and maybe just being a little bit compassionate towards yourself. Mm. Um, you know, sure, get up and go again, but take a moment to be compassionate and kind of see how far you've mm. come. How would uh, 10, you know, how are you doing now to opposed to Ed or Kat 10 mm. years ago? Look where mm. you are now. Take that in, get some perspective first. Even even like a month ago, I think. Yeah, or a week ago. ago. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. See how far Mm. you've come. That's all right. Um, So, yeah, if people want to find out about you, where can they go? If you want to find out where can you go, um, Instagram is the best place. Um, Hill Osteopathy for Osteopathy. um, And Coach Cat Hill for Mindset uh, Yoga Breathing. (laughs) 